Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, October 26, 2021, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts for the evening, Lavendar and Anastasia. Well, we have some good news right off the bat. Mercury has gone direct. It's, it's still acting up a little bit, but at least it's gone direct. So another oh, week or so will be completely in the clear. So we have one of our very favorite guests with us tonight, Craig Campobasso has a new project to make a documentary about his latest book, The Extraterrestrial Species Almanac, which has been getting rave reviews. And this is the ultimate field guide to 82 extraterrestrial species that populate the universe. Craig explores the origins, physical characteristics, technological and consciousness abilities, dimensional capacities, belief systems, and cosmic agendas of each of the species. The species fall into two categories. The first, the benevolent races, which function as the guardians of humanity, whose goals include helping people overcome duality, healing, and protecting. And, secondly, the malevolent races, which are responsible for abductions, cloning, and ultimately domination. Craig has been a favorite guest here for years and is an Emmy-nominated casting director in Hollywood. His short film, Stranger at the Pentagon, which is about um, the E.T. Valiant Thor, um, whose three-year visit at the Pentagon um, has won several awards, and now he's making the E.T. Almanac into a documentary. His books uh, include autobiography of an E.T. saga, and he's got a trilogy in that um, grouping. And you can get autographed copies, if you like, if you go to um, the website autobiographyofanet.com forward slash other books, and there is a must-see video for the E.T. Almanac, which you can find on YouTube. Um, And these links are on our show page, so I'm not going to read out these very long URLs, but just go to our show page and those links you can click or go on YouTube and just put in, you know, ET Species Almanac and it'll probably come up. And Craig needs Starseeds to help fund this documentary, so he has a GoFundMe account, which he's going to be talking about. And the short film that he did, um, Stranger at the Pentagon, uh, to promote the feature film, was completely financed by Starseeds, and that gives him the uh, artistic control. So that's why it's so important that um, we do this independently. So at the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds not heard in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy for hosting the switchboard tonight for anyone who may have a question or comment for Craig. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds, thanks to Tammy's continual dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk, 
And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please, all you have to do is click follow on our show page here, and you'll get our biweekly show notices if you enable those notifications. Our main website is starseedhotline.com, and the Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart. And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one Zoom session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, Emerald, Miara, Riley, or myself. Now, Riley, Emerald, and Miara, which is our new team, they are now available for the live Stage 2 sessions, so you'll be able to have a Starseed consultation in a matter of weeks rather than months. And remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you're going to get a window of 10 hours of great manifestation power. So you need to find out exactly when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And that takes usually less than a week. Uh, but maybe a couple of weeks just to be safe because we are going out of town again next month. So uh, first up tonight, let me switch my uh, screen here. Uh, First up is Anastasia with her always wonderful Starseed News. Hello, Anastasia. I can't hear you. Do you have your mute button on? Anastasia, I see you you on the switchboard, but I I cannot hear you. Oh, there you are. Hello. Can you hear us? Hello, Ariel. I had to take off the headset. must be defective. So sorry. Can you hear me now? (laughs) Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. Well, good evening, everybody. It's great to be with you. Always happy to be back with the Starseeds during Starseed News. And you know... Here where I live, the fall trees are, or the fall autumn leaves are coming out, and it is just beautiful. Orange and yellow everywhere, but it also means, guess what? Daylight savings time is going to end in most areas of the United States, and this year we're all going to fall back one hour and return to standard time on Sunday, November 7th at 2 a.m. So mark your calendar and be sure to set your clocks back one hour before bed on Sunday, November 6th, because on when you get up on the 7th, it's going to be an hour earlier. Now, the return of standard time means the sun will rise a little earlier, at least according to our clocks anyway. So if you're an early riser, you're going to enjoy this sun, morning sun when you get up for breakfast. Then you're going to gain one hour of sleep for that uh, Saturday night. But the bad news is it's going to be dark by the, most, by the time most people get home from work. Now, Looking forward ahead to the time when we can spring forward and the days are longer again. Sunday, March 13th will be the day that we go back into daylight savings time. But for now, keep, keep in mind November 7th. Now, according to U.S. law, states can choose whether or not to observe state daylight savings time. And at present, Arizona, with the exception of the Navajo Nation and Hawaii, plus a few other territories, are the only places in the United States that do not observe daylight savings time, and they stay on standard time all year long. Now, how you feel about daylight saving time probably depends on whether you're an early riser or a night owl. And obviously, changing the number on a clock doesn't actually change or add any time to our days. The point that was eloquently made in an old joke uh, about a Native American man who said, Only the government would believe that you could cut a foot off the top of a blanket, sew it to the bottom, and have a longer blanket. 
<laughs> that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. How how true, how true. Well, all right. Hey, they found a huge, enormous, gargantuan, amazingly enormous fish off the coast of Sueta. I hope I said that right. Uh, that's off the coast of uh, Africa. Uh, it's a gigantic sunfish. They found it tangled in a tuna fishing net in the Mediterranean. They said it weighed up to 4,400 pounds. It was measured at 27 feet wide and 30 feet long. It was a record. A marine biologist said he'd heard of sunfish this size only in books. You should check that out on the Internet. Huge, enormous sunfish. Just, just Google that. You'll see pictures of it. There are men standing in the boat. This fish dwarfs them. It's a dinosaur. I wondered what they did with the fish. As I read further, I found out, bless their hearts, they released it back into the water. And the diver that helped it let it go was dwarfed. I mean, he could have ridden it, okay? It was like a, a buffalo or bigger. Uh, it was huge, just enormous. Can you imagine a fish almost 30 by 30 feet, over 4,000 pounds, pulled it up in a boat that was hunting for tuna. Wow. I wonder how old that fish was. It must be ancient. They never said yeah. anything about that. All right. Well, I want to talk a little bit about health and well-being. And um, this is sort of the up-and-coming thing in uh, health and well-being. There's a new class of drugs that are emerging with, they say, enormous potential when it comes to the aging process and how to slow that down. Scientists are now working to improve the potency and safety of so-called senolytic drugs, and they've made a significant discovery. They're pioneering an antibody treatment that closes in on the target cells with a new level of precision while leaving healthy cells unharmed. As it now has stood in the past, um, these senolytic drugs kind of go for all the cells, and there's some concern about that. Now they've learned how to narrow this down. Now, what is a senescent cell? That is the cell that has lost its ability to divide. It accumulates in the body and accelerates the aging process. They contribute to our, our aging. And they say, well, this is a natural part of growing older. Scientists have made some really amazing inroads around how these cells can be cleared out of the body with drugs. That's right. They found a way to kind of kill them and therefore uh, sidestep the aging process. They have um, come up with a particular approach to this, and what they're doing is they are finding that um, there are drugs that can target the synolytic cells all by themselves and not uh, scan the rest of the body or affect any good cells. They say that, that this builds on earlier research um, that's been ongoing for some time about what to do about these old-age cells, um, they say this is an entirely new, new method for clearing these cells out of the body. They are pr proving it to be effective and specific. They hope to uh, replicate this success on wide scale among people, and they say they're going to be releasing their results in the future. So maybe in the future you could take a pill and not age. Who knows? They're working on it. And this is a wild story. We have a guest tonight. Uh, everybody loves him. Well, here, here's a wild one. Uh, they're planning a resort in Las Vegas that is uh, the moon. It's called Moon Resorts Las Vegas. Well, why are they doing this? Well, 
space tourism is becoming a reality. Billionaires making visits to the stars, and they're going to make a world's first space hotel in 2027. And that's nice, but it's very expensive. costs lots and lots of money to do that. So people have decided that property investors have decided that the next best thing would be a moon-shaped hotel on the Las Vegas Strip. This is a company based in Canada, of all things. They're called Moon World Resorts. They are planning a $5.5 billion uh, construction project. The uh, square foot feet of this hotel are 5.5 million square feet. I say it's going to be a replica of the moon, identical as far as they can make it. It's round. It's 300, excuse me, 735 feet tall and 650 feet wide. Now here, this gives you an idea. Even though it's only one seventy-five thousandth the size of the moon, it will accommodate 4,000 guest rooms and suites. 4,000 guest rooms. They include a 75,000 square foot spa, a 50,000 square foot area for food and beverage, 75,000 square feet of retail, and 150,000 square feet of clubs and lounges. There will be a theater, wow. a planetarium, an event center, uh, and an arena, and of course a casino. They say they'll have a nightclub that will be positioned directly under a spaceship that will beam lights down on guests. But the main highlight of this property is going to be something they're calling the active lunar colony. The colony, which will be in the upper half of the sphere, will precisely mimic those lunar colonies now under active planning by NASA, ESA, and many others. And for $500, visitors can spend 90 minutes exploring this 10-acre space using a moon buggy to pass over the craters. Moon Resorts Las Vegas will take about four years to build and is one of four lunar-themed properties planned to open around the world in 2026 or 2027. They're also planning properties like this, moons, uh, in the Middle East, China, and Spain. Wild. Wow. Well, monarch butterflies are returning. They've returned anyway to the Pacific Grove, and they say that drought may be the reason for their rebound. It's good news for the western monarch butterflies. Around 2,600 of the insects were counted at Pacific Grove on Thursday, last Thursday, after zero were observed at the Monterey County Sanctuary last year. Overall, conservationists estimate the current population that has arrived in its annual wintertime migration to the California coast to be around 10,000 compared to under 2,000 last year. They think that the drought, the warm and dry conditions, helps with their migration. Um, now, the state of California has invested in conservation for western monarchs. Uh, they spent $1 million on habitat restoration, which is ongoing. That involves planting milkweed. And uh, there's also um, a project ongoing among residents in the state, I think other places across the country too. People are turning their grass and their backyards into wild habitat, planting milkweed and other uh, flowers and things for butterflies and for insects and for animals. That is a new trend. So that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I was thinking about the last time I saw a monarch butterfly. It's, it's been many decades, really, a very, very long time. So it's really good to hear that they're coming back. It's a wonderful news. Yeah. Um, here's a story I wanted to share with you that is just interesting. 
any of you use laundry pods? You know, they're supposed to be biodegradable. But did you know that wastewater treatment plants don't have the capacity to dissolve them necessarily? And as a result, um, that plastic little pod typically ends up in the environment. And they tell us there's an environmental problem with pods when it comes to, or even liquid laundry detergent, because um, the jugs fill up the landfill or they incinerate them, putting uh, carbon into the air. So they tell us we really need a better alternative. So a handful of laundry product companies have been exploring a more friendly method, and one of them has designed dissolvable detergent sheets, like fabric softener sheets, that take all that harmful material out of the equation. They tell us that the amount of plastic that's used for packaging and the amount of water in laundry detergent uh, increases the carbon footprint and is problematic, particularly with the water shortages coming up. And um, they say, why are you shipping heavy liquid all around the world when you don't need to? Your washing machine is right there. Just let your machine add the water. That makes sense. So anyway, this is a startup. Um, they're trying to come up with a way that it's going to be better for the environment and better for us. So there it is, coming to a store near you pretty soon. Um, laundry soap sheets. People can be so innovative, really. They really can. It's amazing. They'll be packaged in a cardboard box, no plastic at all whatsoever. And then they completely melt in the water. That's it. Done. Um, they also invented something that I think is incredible. Um, this also could be possibly um, ecologically better, depending on how many trees we plant. But they have come up with a wooden steak knife that is three times stronger than steel. And this happened at the University of Maryland. And um, they found a way to alter wood chemically um, that, so that they can fashion wood into nails, nails or knives that are three, three times sharper than the dinner table knife. So they tried to supercharge the material's natural strength, which comes from the cellulose packed inside the wood. Now, cellulose, which is about 50% of wood, is a primary component of wood and has, it's stronger. So they learned to take out the, the cellulose, um, and it, it made the wood real spongy and kind of uh, bendable. Well, um, they, they took out the cellulose, and then they did another process by putting it in hot pressure. Hot, hot pressure, I guess. What, are, what is the word? Chemically pressed, heat pressed, they, that's it. And then they removed the water. Um, the end result, and then they also put some coating on it of some kind, and the end result is that the knife is three times sharper than stainless steel and 23 times harder than wood. They hope that this chemically treated wood will be used to replace plastic and steel and ceramics, which have to be forged in furnaces in extreme temperatures, again, releasing CO2 into the atmosphere. I mean, that's ingenious. Uh, yeah. Wow. Now, the garbage patch in the Pacific. The great Pacific garbage patch can now be cleaned, according to a Dutch entrepreneur. They've been scratching their heads and worrying about this for some time. And this is a wonder kid inventor who spent over 10 years inventing systems for waterborne litter collection. He's worried about it since he was a child. It's just his life's mission. And he has invented something called System 002. It's an ocean cleanup rig 
He invented it to tackle the 1.8 trillion pieces of plastic pollution. He said that most of the oceanic garbage patches can be removed by 2040. Um, they have come up with an original design for this device. It's actually a floating device. Um, they've nicknamed it Jenny, and it recently netted uh, 20,000 pounds of ocean garbage on its first trial. It's carbon neutral. It can capture microplastics as small as one millimeter in diameter. Um, it poses absolutely no threat to wildlife because it has a wide capture area. It moves in slow motions. It has alerts and camera monitors that allow operators to see any marine life that might get caught in the net. It consists of two boats dragging a very long net in a U-shape behind them. Um, they gather up this plastic, they fill, they fill up their boats with it, and they recycle it once they bring it on shore. They're using the recycled plastic to make designer sunglasses. And they say the earnings from their stylish glasses will go toward helping support the nonprofit so they can continue their work cleaning up the ocean. They say it's possible that 10 of their devices, 10 Jennies, could clean half the garbage patch in five years. Uh, 90, and they said that 90% of all floating garbage could be removed by 2040. Isn't that something? So yeah. they're worried about you know, the continuation of um, garbage coming in from the rivers. So now they're working on cleanup devices to get it out of the river so it doesn't flow into the ocean. And it's a big, broad-spectrum effort on the parts of these people who are devoted to cleaning up the water on the planet. I think that's worth celebrating. It's amazing. You know, I've reported on this over the years every time I see something about that. And it's always been like, I don't know, just an overwhelming task. But this man has figured out a way to get all of this plastic in very small pieces. Um, he says he can do it. And he's planning on doing it. And that's, he said that's his purpose for being alive, which is marvelous. He must be a starseed. It's the only thing I can do. Must be. A very special young man with a mission, and he's actually succeeding. It's wonderful news, wonderful news for the environment, for the future. Um, what a world we could end up living in if all the people like that get busy and do what their heart tells them to do. It's wonderful. And speaking of hearts, from my heart to each one of you, much love, everybody. I hope that you have a beautiful couple of weeks ahead. And uh, thank you, Ariel, for having me on. I'm going to give your guest a little bit more time tonight. I know that um, he has a lot to say, and everybody wants to hear him, so... I made the news just a few minutes shorter to give you guys a little more time to cover what you Aww. want to talk about with him tonight. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for bringing us the Starseed News. And we will oh, talk to it. you in a couple of weeks. Yep. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. Uh, sounds like the Starseeds are getting to work. So uh, I'm getting the microphones open here. I find Lavendar's microphone. There you are. Okay. Hey, Craig, welcome back. How are you guys? I'm so happy to be back. And Anastasia, I love listening to her news reports. They're always oh. so they're always so terrific. And I looked up the yeah. sunfish. Oh my God, it was huge. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, amazing creatures that that live under the sea that we have no idea about. Oh but, yeah. my God, it was so beautiful, and then to see the release of of it and swimming away was great. 
So oh, cool. Yes. yes. So you got yes, some yes. some big so things going it. on. Yeah, in Lavender, are you ready to go? I'm here. I'm ready. Yes. Okay. There she All right. is. Hi, Lavender. Okay. Hey, guys. I'm just so glad that you, you're able to move on a dime and be our guest tonight. So I wanted to, you to know that um, I showed Tammy yesterday the movie Dune, and I told her that that was yes. one of the first films that you ever worked on. And uh, we were thrilled to see to see see it. Although I saw it many years ago, I really didn't remember it like I saw it yesterday. So I just wanted to ask you, have you seen the new Dune that's out now? Yes, of course. I went to a screening at Warner Brothers where the director, uh, Denny Villeneuve, uh, spoke afterwards. And um, uh, I absolutely loved it. They, They were able to do all of the visual effects and things that our production was not able to accomplish back then because there, there wasn't the wherewithin to actually do that. So, um, so it was amazing to do it, and I loved that uh, he stopped part one. He's making it in two parts, and today... It was just announced that they are officially making part two, and uh, which is great because it ends where Paul and Jessica join uh, the Fremen Society, and then we have the whole second half of the book there. So, 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 it, so it was just so great. Yeah, so great. So as part two, is that where the girl grows up, his sister? Is she part of it? Well, she she is. I mean, she she grows at a alarming rate because she was just born, and then she looks like a seven, eight year old. But because she's a Benny Gesserit, and Jessica had uh, had drank the water of life while she was pregnant, that Alia actually has a woman's voice instead of a little girl's voice. So, um, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that voice back then. You know, Alicia Witt, who starred on Sybil, was Alia in the original Dune when she was young. And, um, you know, they dubbed her voice uh, where it was somewhere in between a woman and a kid. Um, it didn't work too well in my opinion but um but it'll be interesting to see what they could do with that you know this time around so yeah it was exciting it was really really exciting well i just i just wanted to start with that because it was fresh on my mind and and i also want to applaud you for stepping out and doing the kind of work that you're doing now in the name of extraterrestrial species and and the work that we've all we star seeds have committed ourselves to do on the planet, and we certainly want to support what you're doing. So, so give our our listeners um, some idea of what what you can what we can do for you in helping you get the monies to finish this film. So just, oh, just start thank out. Thank you. Start at the yes. beginning and just so, do it. Okay. I will. So, so I started writing the Extraterrestrial Species Almanac uh, in 2019. It was released on January 1st of this year, 
and it has done really, really well. Um, I I actually received a fan letter from like an eight-year-old kid who I was like, this has got to be a starseed kid because he he wrote, Dear Mr. Campobasso, I... Um, I really think your extraterrestrial species almanac is neat. And you're a producer, right? You can make this into a documentary. I need you to make this into a documentary. (laughs) So anyway, I was already in the works uh, in putting it into a documentary. So, of course, I wrote him a letter back and said that we were in the works. And um, his letter just meant, so much to me and my team we I actually framed it and I have it in my office where I look at it because you know it makes the work so uh, to me it just makes it worthwhile when you when you have those kind of wonderful things happen so so uh, uh, we've been uh, for about six months we've been putting all of our interviews together so the the documentary is is going to be an ex- of the book. So things that we could not talk about in the book from a, let's say, a contactee who is having face-to-face contact with a particular race, uh, we've interviewed uh, those individuals and we hear firsthand what their experience is and what we learn a little bit more about that particular race, what they're doing here, uh, why they're here, etc. I also went and found um, some really unique hybrids um, to interview to talk about uh, how they are hybrids with extraterrestrial DNA connected to certain races. And uh, I, I uh, being in this community since I was 26, and I'm 27 now. <laughs> okay, I hope you guys are laughing on the other end because I know you're all muted. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, but for a very long time, we'll just say, is, uh, for instance, not many people really knew too much about the mantis race. And so I actually found a mantis hybrid who uh, really filled us in. And um, uh, uh, on on the race and who they are, where they're from, um, and also uh, spoke the language for us as well. Um, we have another uh, another hybrid who speaks several languages, several dialects of Pleiadian, Syrian, and other things. So we're going to get to hear those dialects. And um, and on top of uh, really big UFO professionals and things of that nature. So it's not going to be your same run-of-the-mill people that you see in documentaries. It's going to be a very unique perspective from people who are having the experiences. So now that we have all of that done and we're moving into the editing process is what we, what we have to do now is bring the extraterrestrials to life 
through CGI and um, and through other forms of manipulation that we can do with certain things that we have. So CGI is very expensive. As, as you know, when uh, I was doing Stranger at the Pentagon, um, we had over 80 visual effects. And uh, I think uh, back then, and, uh, and it was your show and one other show, it was all the star scenes that came to the rescue and, and got it up there for us to get all of those um, all of those shots done. So anyway, so now uh, I need to raise $10,000. I think we're in our fourth day. We've raised 1000 so far. Uh, but I need to raise it quickly uh, because we really need to get going because it is very time-consuming to, um, to build and, and to do those types of things. A lot of it is in rendering. Um, like, for instance, uh, like just a small sequence can take days and days to render, which means that computer can't be used during the rendering process. And so, and if that computer crashes, they have to go back to one, they have to go back to zero and start all over again. So, um, so I created a, a GoFundMe campaign um, I know that you sent out the uh, uh, the link to uh, all of the, your Starcy community, and I uh, would really, really uh, appreciate uh, any help, assistance, and uh, even reposting, you know, posting it on your social media. And uh, if money's tight and you can give us five bucks, that would be great as well. Um, because every little thing helps build it and get it there. And the one thing that I loved, that I really felt at the end of Stranger at the Pentagon was it was all of us that built that movie. Everyone, it was the energy of all the star seeds that donated and, and with all of us who are star seeds as well, who were in the production and and to build it and i remember just after that initial giant burbank film festival where there was two 275 people in the theater uh, every seat was taken and then there was a we had the big party afterwards and the next morning i i really just sat there and i went wow this was so incredible because it was all of us. We, the people, for the people, built this. And Stranger was the very first movie that was done about the Space Brothers. Nobody had ever attempted to do that. And we know that mainstream um, movies and those kind of things are not going to make this type of material. We have to create it and then put it out there so that it becomes popular, so then it starts to take effect, and then it becomes a sort of a steamroller where, oh, well, this was popular, that was popular, and and all of that kind of thing. I mean, after the short film came out, I mean, it took on its own energy. Ancient Aliens saw it. They did a whole story 
on Valiant Thor, which I was uh, on the show. Um, Eileen Davidson, who played Dina Thor, was suddenly on the Beverly Hills Housewives. So our premiere was on the Beverly Hills Housewives. It was just amazing how the universe orchestrates this so that it does get out there into mainstream media. And um, interestingly enough, uh, all of a sudden there is now somewhere between, I, I, I haven't counted, but it's between 10 and 15 and maybe 20 books are now authored by Valiant Thor, these old books that were with Sotherian Press or these other old companies all of a sudden uh, have a new life with Valiant Thor as the author, which is untrue, by the way. So um, the, he never really wrote a book. He was an advisor on, the bo- on a book with uh, Dr. Frank. So anyway, what I'm saying is, is the only reason I bring that up is because it does, it, it does take on its own energy and it becomes popular and people get excited about it. And um, and this is something for all of us to get excited about because it really was one of those things that just happened organically. I got a call from my book agent who said I got an idea for a book. I and I said um, uh, I said oh what's that? And he said well it's called. Uh, he said I even have the title the extraterrestrial species almanac. And because of your autobiography of an extraterrestrial species book and all the conversations and all of the research you have done with all the contactees all over the world for years, you're the man to write this book. And I said, man, I could still write that book. And so he said, drop a, a proposal, and I know I can sell it. And he actually sold it in four days. Now, that is unheard of in the book world. And um, so I immediately got to work on it. And and I just thought, wow, the universe must want this book out there because maybe there is something that's going to happen, some form of disclosure or something, and people will really want and need a reference guide to uh, extraterrestrial species. So, um, So now we get to bring it in a a more wider audience through uh, a documentary. And, um, and we have so much footage that, if, uh, that we could e- even do like a three-part documentary on this because of, uh, you know, there are so many races. We're not going to be able to touch on every single one of them in the first one, but we have so much great footage from all of the uh, all the participants <laughs> and that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah. So I thank you guys for uh, honoring honoring uh, me and the documentary, and and thank all the star seeds out there in advance if they can help in any way, which way uh, or form that they can do it in. So, um, so. Anyway, do you guys have any questions? Yes, yes, I do. Um, And thank you so much for laying that out the way you did because I I was able just to close my eyes and and look through your eyes as you were talking, and I really do see that the starseeds are coming together in unison of purpose on the planet to get our particular messages out, not the the messages that 
that others think that we should give. Okay, let's put it right. that way. That's <laughs> right. That's we have right. To stick, and, we, and you know what? We have to super glue back to back with with um, our projects to make sure that others don't dilute it or hijack it or change it in any way, because we're very we're very determined to bring our particular truth of star seeds and walk-ins and the things that have happened in the past that are about to happen again. You know, the Essenes yeah. was a group of beings that came in with unison of purpose, and at different times in history, groups choose to incarnate to do evolutionary moves, and the star seeds on the planet right now were part of that movement again. I would like for yeah. you to expand a little bit on, on the mantis, and I have a personal reason for that, because uh, a mantis was sitting in the windowsill the day that I was born. So I wanted, I mean, a big one, a big one, about six feet tall. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, I, I'll tell you something very interesting about the mantis and, and myself is um, when when I started uh, having visitation from master teachers uh, at age 26, um, there came a certain point that, when I would uh, come home at night from work, there would be a prey mantis on the ledge of the top of my door. And it would stay there for three days. And I knew that I would have another experience every time I saw the mantis being, the, the mantis, right? And it would always go away in three days. And then uh, <clears throat> one time, I was in Sedona. I was staying at the Bell Rock Inn, and um, uh, and I was having uh, um, I was lying in bed, and I knew I I couldn't open my eyes, but the reason why I had gone is because I had so many uh, plugs from extraterrestrial civilizations going in my head that my head was about ready to explode, and I went to Sedona to actually um, uh, eliminate uh, all of the, um, the heaviness from it. And while I was lying in bed, um, I felt a dimension open up, and I felt um, uh, our friends come through, and they were actually working on my head and it eliminated all of the pain. And then I sort of drifted back into sleep. And I got up and I took a shower. And when I came back in the room, lying perfectly dead center in my pillow was a, a brown prey mantis. And then another time when I went to Mount Shasta, just recently, about three, four years ago, um, I went to go do a uh, conference there, and they put me in a kind of seedy hotel. Um, and I, I didn't feel too safe there. And on the outside of the door, they had number blocks. Like it was a block that it protruded from the door. So uh, the minute I got there, there was a prey mantis on the top of that ledge on the number block, and it stayed there the entire time that I was at that conference. So I felt safe, and I felt that I was uh, very much being protected. Now, um, 
there are mantis beings that are normal size, giant size. Um, I astral traveled one night, and it was um, in the astral world. I saw um, I was I was sort of floating overhead, and I saw a prey mantis that was milky white, and it was the size of a football field. Don't understand why. I astral traveled there. I I never understood that experience at all. I I tried to talk to other people in the UFO community, and nobody had really had any mantis um, experiences or knew of anyone that was having mantis experiences. So I happened upon this hybrid, and... um, she uh, she was really uh, got into a lot of detail, which I don't want to give away too much because it's going to be in the documentary. But but there are many uh, there they are so such an old ancient race going far back into the universe that they could even have come from another universe into this universe as well, and. Um, and that in the elevated um, dimensions, that they are different colors. Like some are pink, some are blue, some are purple, some are this, some are that. Um, I was just on the phone with uh, another uh, starseed earlier today, and we were talking about the mantis. And she said that... Uh, they were meditating and the mantis beings came in and that it was so strong that she thought that the whole room was going to implode with like, like a light bomb or something. And she still is not understanding the experience. But what I saw was is they had, they had uh, put, and it was interesting because I never saw, saw this before, that they had put a downloaded halo around her head that will start to impart more information about who they are into this group. And so uh, it's interesting. And they do speak through clicking. and, um, uh, And some of their clicking is beyond our ear range. And some of it we can also hear. So, um, uh, and it's interesting too because in a lot of the abductions that uh, that I've seen, sometimes we always see the the abductee sees a mantis in the background where greys are um, uh, doing uh, experiments on them or extracting genetic materials. Um, but what we don't know is, is was that abductee contracted to do that and were those grays good grays and was that mantis overseeing what was going on as a protector to the human to make sure that everything was going according to plan. So these are things that we don't know that we're all still exploring and trying to uh, figure out. But the but it is most definite that the mantis beings 
are now coming in a whole lot stronger through a lot of people uh, so that our world will learn more about who their race is. Wow. Oh, goodness. Yeah. You've had a lot of different experiences with the mantis. Yeah, I've had yeah. several experiences throughout my life, too, uh, but I'm understanding more and more about how certain insects actually can have like a micro dot on them and sometimes they put out a, an energy from their micro dot that puts out a protection to a place. So when you were, yeah. you were talking about being over your door, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, I, I love uh, the mantis. I mean, I, even uh, years ago when I had a little flower garden on my patio, uh, the mantis came and had a bunch of little mantis babies. I had never seen mantis babies before. So oh, kind I never of exciting. Oh, oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of little mantis babies, little tiny, tiny ones. <laughs> I, know so. one that, I know one day we sat with a computer and typed in mantis images, and we saw all different colors of mantis and the, and the different places that they live all over the planet. And I, yes. and I, I I had never researched that before, and it was very interesting to find. <clears throat> yes, yes. And a, another uh, starseed uh, star friend of mine, um, she is told, uh, usually in the middle of the night, to go outside or to go drive to a locale, and she's able to capture craft on film. Or sometimes, wherever she's at, she's told to take pictures, and she captured an astral mantis, which was a really spectacular photograph. So, um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's really coming in full force, especially about the mantis race. And I, I just find it fascinating. Can you send me that picture? I would love to see that picture. Yeah, yeah, I will. I, I, I just wouldn't share it because it's her private No, no, photo. I just need it for me. I just need it for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I will. Okay. I good. will for sure. So, so, so tell me other things that, that you've discovered when you interview the people that, that are going to be in your documentary. Tell me some more about the people and how sincere they are to get this information out. Well, I will tell you, a few of them actually had us all in tears because they were speaking from such a deep, connected um, uh, space. Uh, a dear friend of mine, um, uh, him and I have been uh, friends, oh, God, I think since we were in our early 20s. Um, and... He, um, he is the one, he, he's an amazing, um, what do you call it, airbrush artist, right? His artwork is unbelievable. Uh, you can look it up at kimedwardblack.com, kimedwardblack.com. And it's everything is is it just got such a spiritual meaning to everything he does. So when my uh, original um, beings from the Great I Am came to wake me up, they're very unique looking, 
and I asked him if he would airbrush them for me. So he lives up in uh, San Francisco um, with his girlfriend, which you know they've been together for so long, they might as well call them married, but they're not. But um, he came down and stayed with me in my apartment, and when I woke up in the morning, he was up all night. He said they came to him. I had explained what they looked like as well, but they came to him and he had them all sketched out when I woke up in the morning and I was like, Oh my God, I I can't believe that you got it like so fast, but yeah, I can't believe it. So he went and he did three giant uh, artworks for me. Uh, They're in the book. They're called the Maramayams. They're in the, um, they're in the autobiography of an extraterrestrial saga book. And they're also uh, under Maramayam's in uh, the E.T. Almanac book as well. Now, from this experience, he started having visitations from a gigantic Syrian being that looked similar to them, not identical, but very similar and uh, this being started imparting all of this knowledge to him. And so he went and he created a giant bust, and uh, uh, the being's name was Tog, T-O-G. And uh, Tog lived with me here at my house for probably five or six years, and... um, uh, as a lot of his art does, he'll say, hey, yeah, yeah, can, you, can you hold up for me? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd love to have that on my wall or sitting there. And, you know, so, um, so he created a book. I think, it's, I think his book is now on Amazon, um, Tog, Tog the Return. But if you look under Kim Edward Black on Amazon, the book should uh, also be there. But he is so connected that when, when he would speak about the experiences and everything that went along with it, I don't think anyone watching the documentary is not going to not be able to cry because uh, we did ask every single person what is, uh, if you could sum up what the race's message is, what would that be? And some of them were just you know, uh, tearjerkers, uh, meaning how much they love this world and how much they love the human race and how much they are here for everyone, 100%, and, and to assist in their evolution, not by, not by telling anyone how to do it, but by assisting in energetic form to help you to understand how you, through your own psyche, through your own mental capacity, through your own spiritual self, can push yourself forward and grow and become more and more enlightened so that eventually your heart will rule your mind and you become fully conscious. So, I mean, that, those were the beautiful, beautiful messages um, that really came through. 
So when you when you talked about that you had the same thoughts at the same time, one of the transmissions that I've received recently is talking about shared consciousness, how people can be hooked up to a frequency that gives them the ability to write together, to to bring projects together. It, it's a it's a, it's not a walk in exactly, but it's very similar. Yeah. When, when two people are so engaged with one particular frequency that they have shared consciousness. Yes. Yes, absolutely. He's he's like my brother from up there, right? It's like we yeah. could go on we could go for two years and not have talk and then pick up the phone and it's like it was yesterday. Right? Yes, right. It's 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 like that and it's always um you know, he's he just gets more and more humbled as life goes on and, and like most star seeds, you know, he he had a rough patch of being here because of the consciousness here and because he himself has more feminine energy as in the sense of uh, benevolence um, that the very aggressive nature of people here uh, really affected him and he wanted to check out a whole bunch of times. Not, not, I mean, not by committing suicide, but just not wanting to be here. And as I say to every starseed that that has happened to, is that you made a contract and if you were to go out now, you got to come right back in and do it. And so you're going to only prolong what you really came here to do and it's not because you're being forced to come back. It's because you chose it, and it's what your soul wants to learn. It really wants to learn that you can do this. I mean, first time Starcy, this it's really rough going. Once once the consciousness starts to raise and you start understanding, oh, my God, I'm having psychic attacks, and I'm getting this, and I'm having that, and I'm seeing I'm having these you know, bad ETs in my dreams and where's this coming from? And, oh, my God, I'm so scared. It's better to shut down and check out and and uh, and just go back to my little normal daily life and not grow anymore. But that's exactly what all of those things are happening to you for so that you can overcome them and you can continue to grow and to move on. I mean, we've all been through those paths. I went through them, uh, uh, especially in the 90s. The 90s was, uh, yeah, uh, was tough. It was tough going. Yeah, I, I know. Think everyone, yeah, yeah I know. everyone, you know, everyone I, knows. I, I say a true definition of a starseed, if you're bipolar, schizophrenic, or about to lose your mind, you're probably a starseed. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, if you, and if you come through the wormhole of that consciousness, then you've made it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> nobody, nobody ever tells yeah. you that when you wake up and start discovering stuff that you're going to go through a lot of pitfalls before you find what you're really looking for. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, and and we all we all went through them and yeah, you go through the fear things and you have to overcome the fear and and you just learn 
how to do it, and you you start to learn tools, and and you should go and um, you know, well, Lavendar, Ariel, the whole team there, you guys all have all the tools to overcome all of that. So uh, you know, there's a great network right there um, uh, to uh, you know to for people to go and to draw from. Yeah. So I'm looking at the time, so I'd like to, to share um, you with my co-host, Arielle, at this time. She does have the switchboard. And if we have anybody on the switchboard that would like to call and talk to, to our guests, please uh, dial in, 917-889-8292, and I'll pass you over to Arielle right now. So nice talking uh, to you. And be, be sure and send me that picture of that I, I would really love to see that picture. I of, will, I will. Thank you so much, Lavender. <laughs> we, we will try to help you get the money, okay? Okay, bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye, okay. sweetheart. <laughs> well, so... Uh, I love you guys. <laughs> you know, we love you, too. I mean, you are really making a difference, and anything we can do to support you and, and keep you going. So I just want to say, if anyone anyone that's listening, if you go to our show page... The, the GoFundMe um, account link is right there. Um, I'm going to read it out just in case, so it's, at least it's on this recording. But if you go to GoFund.me forward slash DB, like, like David Boy, DB31535, D like David. That's the actual URL. And... Um, as, as Craig said earlier, um, we had so many star seeds that contributed to get Stranger in the Pentagon to get the short film done. Um, I mean, and there were just hundreds and hundreds of star seeds, and yeah. whether whether you can afford you know five dollars or or more, it does add up. And and I, if yeah. I remember correctly, the, the the short film Stranger at the Pentagon. That was a lot more money that you needed for that, right? Yes, there was. Um, uh, well, I, I raised some money to get it started, and uh, what ended up happening is, I mean, I was doing it on a small scale, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll get, um, you know, I, I had one of my students who had a, a a well enough camera to shoot it on. And and then one day I was sitting here and I said, wouldn't it be great if I could get a real DP with a red camera, right? And I had already hired uh, Jeff Jocelyn to play Valiant Thor. And Jeff called me the very next day. He goes, hey, Craig, um, my buddy uh, is a DP and he's got a red camera. Um, and he would really like to shoot this. Oh my! <laughs> there you go. And and he yeah. became our DP, and he's now like you know he's like big stuff now, and uh, he was wonderful. And um, and then I went to uh, Eastern Costume when my uh, when my uh, casting partner was alive, uh, Joy. We used to rent rooms out of Eastern Costume for casting because it was in between both of our houses. And so I knew the owner. So I went to Jim and I, and I rented all the period pieces there and he gave me a great deal. 
And then I uh, had um, an artist along with, uh, with me uh, come up with the spacesuit design, and I asked them if they could build them. And so they built them. And, uh, and, you know, they had them on these mannequins hanging on the walls, all the spacesuits and, and the space boots and everything. And, um, and uh, the guy I found out afterwards uh, who uh, built them uh, was a guy who built all the original spacesuits uh, and all the uniforms for uh, the very first Star Trek movie. Oh my. So that was like pretty spectacular and uh and then I needed to find a giant green screen and um I went to a few producers that I've worked with and uh they were able to wrangle a space for us and uh, so I was able to shoot everything in this building um for uh, a very minimal fee, which uh, on the green screen day, because we had so many green screen shots, he uh, he told me, he said, and he's a line producer, which is the guy who who knows what everything costs. He said, Craig, if we were doing a real movie, this would be a $100,000 day. And I was like, wow, that's amazing so um and then you know just little set pieces and things that i needed to do um yeah i I had them built and uh, i had a bunch of friends come over and we painted everything green screen green and brought them to the set so the actors had something to interact with and then the cgi people go in and do their magic so yeah isn't that cool yeah, we're so going to like, do some some green screen, too, on this one. It, it, it seems I had the thought while you were talking. It's like <clears throat> all of your, you know, 30 years of of work in Hollywood and all the movies you've been involved with and all the people you know and, and all that, that was the, 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 the means to an end, but not the end itself. Yeah. You know, so now right. you've got all these connections, you've got all this experience, you know, you know, how movies are made and what it takes and all that, all those details that most of us have never even heard about. So that, that has really given you a, a, a great position to be able to be yeah. doing these movies to, um, you know, to raise the consciousness, to, um, you know, debunk a lot of stuff that's going out there that, you know, is you know, ulterior motives and things like that. It's not the truth. So here right. you come with right. with the truth. And um, and I love that you're doing this independently because, you know, the movie, the, the minute you, you go to a movie studio, they're going to change everything and you'll lose control. Well, they, they, they surely would, and that's what we don't want to have happen. I want to stay true to um, uh, what the... Uh, what the people who have actually had the face-to-face contact with or the hybrids who are having these experiences because their DNA is connected to their home world, right? So yeah. um, it's, it's to stay true to who they are and um, honor them as well 
and uh, and in their truth. So it's not a documentary where you bring someone on and uh, they hypothetically tell you about something. It's not that. This is going to be direct stuff from people who have had the experiences. Yeah, it's the real so, deal. It's the real deal. That's what, that's it's- what I want. And and there hasn't been another documentary or anything like this at all. So um, that's that's out there uh, because uh, I, I mean, if you go on Amazon, oh my God, there's like five million UFO documentaries, and it's like, well, they all have the same people, and they're all saying the same thing, pretty much. So, um, you know, every once in a while, some people step out and do some different, unique things. Um, The filmmakers that I'm working with, all three of them, um, they they have won also multiple awards for all of their documentaries, and um, uh, and they're continuing to uh, put it out there as um, you know being star seeds as well and and um, constantly trying to bring these messages out there into the public and really wake people up and and as we've seen that there are many people that have that are are becoming more and more awake as time goes by and now that there's so many star seed generations with each generation they're becomes more um, of a stronger bond so that the new star seed that is being born in can have more soul sustenance and and come in stronger so that when uh, as children they're like these brainiac genius kids um, and I've met many of them and they're talking about building a better world in their youth and in their young age. And some of them, uh, I know one kid that spoke five star languages. Parents didn't teach him that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, he, and, and the yeah. parents are open. You know, the parents, the, the parents are, uh, I, I would consider one a star seed and the other probably a star seed, but just hasn't realized it maybe through osmosis. But, um, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, kids that have been born, uh, you know, in the last, well, ever since Pluto got into Capricorn, it's been a few years, um, these are the builders. And then, you right. know, the, one, the, the generation before that, you know, with, with Pluto in Sagittarius, those are the truth seekers. And then we go back another one, you know, um, in in uh, in Scorpio. Those are the people that the people that really have the the quickening to start shaking things up. And then once they're all shaken up, then you go look for the truth among the among the dust, and then you start building. Right. And I, I mean, looking right. at it from an astrological standpoint, uh, we're right on time, even though yeah. we're living in chaos right now. Uh, right. And, you know. It's like, Everything that that we used to know is changing, and we have to go with it. Like, I mean, did you hear that part of the news where Anastasia was talking about the the guy? Um, 
I think he, she said he was from somewhere in Europe who's invented a machine that's cleaning up the plastic out of the oceans. Yes. Now, you, yeah. you know for sure yeah. that's a starseed star kid. Seed. That's and, a total starseed, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he could even be a Tesla kid. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which, we, you know, we've absolutely. talked about those before. And, of, and of course, they're all starseeds. But I think what you're doing yeah. is so important because – I mean, in the in the uh, in the Hollywood world, if uh, if you want to call it that, you're mainstream, and and you've got the credibility, and you've done you know you've got yeah. a whole you know decades of work behind you that yeah you know you can you can be proud of, and then you take that forward and do do these you know these films that will change consciousness. And it's really, I mean, Lavender, I've talked about this for years, um, that Hollywood is, the, is always the first to test the waters, you know, and because then people, if it scares yeah. people, they can say, well, it was just a movie, and, and then they don't have right. to believe it. But it, it starts to shift the consciousness, and, you know, just like, uh, like when Star Trek came out in the, in the 60s, you know, it started shifting mm-hmm. consciousness, and, and they still are. Oh, did you did you did you see um, the the interview with William Shatner after he got off of the the, the space flight? I I did not, but I heard about it that he was a little shaken up. Is that true? Oh, he was or, he was profoundly moved. Um, the yeah. the when when the the interview was on um, was on TV. I forget the channel. But he was being interviewed by a guy who was a huge um, star seed himself. I could just tell by the the questions he was asking. But yeah, I mean, William Shatner, God bless him, you know, ninety years old, had the 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 chutzpah to put on the suit, you know, and go yeah. up. And I, I remember before he went, he said, "Hey, if I die up there, what better place to go?" After his career, uh, you know, you know, the, the final frontier, Absolutely. you know, right. But when he when he got off, um, he was in tears, and he was hugging one of the, the the guys, the captains, one of the, you know, the drivers, if you will, of the space the the spaceship, the the rocket. He was hugging him, and and he said something to the effect of, "You have no idea." What a profound gift you've given me! And then when when he was you know in the studio and he got in his composure, but yeah, I mean he was in tears. He was almost speechless with with wonder and 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 revelations. But when he got in the studio, he's I mean, and at first I said, you know, where are you going with this? He said, when I got up there, it was death. I there was death all around me. And I thought, whoa, were you having, you know, physical problems? And he's like, no. He's like, it is, you know, absolute zero. There's no air. There's no heat. There's nothing but death outside of this, you know, space shuttle. You, know, you step outside, you're yeah. dead. And, and, and it's very inhospitable to human life. And then he looked back at the right. earth, you know, this precious, living, life-giving place. And now um, – I mean, and well, Lavendar and, and Tammy and I were talking about it, and Lavendar said that they have been getting, they, meaning the ETs, have been getting him ready for this 
for a long time. And then they flipped some kind of switch. And now he is all about the environment, protecting the earth, because if we don't have this planet, we're all dead. (laughs) Right. And that message was one of we don't have 30 years. We have got to do we have got to change right now. And I mean, he spoke eloquently. And I'm sure you can find it online. Just just look up, you know, William Shatner's interview. um, Yes. After getting off of the the uh, what do they call it or space origin, whatever the name of the ship was. But, yeah, it was very, very uh, emotional heartfelt and 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 I know that he's going to put his his everything for the rest of the time he's here it's going to be about the environment and 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 cleaning up the earth and the planet yeah so, yes. yeah yeah kudos kudos yeah. bill I know I know what a, yeah. what an amazing experience he got to have <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah, and now, oh yeah, and now he's a spoke, he's a spokesperson. You know, he's 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 not a politician. He he is coming right straight from the heart, speaking for Mother Nature, and uh, I was I was just thrilled, just thrilled because he's got the uh, uh, the, the celebrity to get to people. You know, people who can yeah. make changes. And you know, organize things. So that's a little right. bit of a tangent there, but yeah, you got to go see that. Yeah. No, so, I will. Um, I'm definitely going to look it up. So once again, I'm going to come back to your GoFundMe, and um, everyone that's listening, either you know now in the archives or for you know months to come, when you download this episode and you listen to it, go to uh, GoFund dot me forward slash db three one five three five d and that link will remain on our show page if you just want to come back and click that but whatever i mean five dollars ten dollars whatever you can do whatever you're comfortable with um it will make a big difference in in shifting consciousness you know, and how many yes, <laughs> how many ways do you know to shift consciousness for ten or twenty bucks? You know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And if yeah. they can't remember that, they could go to GoFundMe dot com and just type in uh the E. T. Almanac documentary or Craig Campobasso and it should pop up as well. So uh um you know, so just to make it easy. And uh, that kind of thing. So we're we're going to do it. I feel very very confident, and I and I thank you guys for um, you know uh, coming to our aid once again and getting it out there to all of the beautiful star seeds across the world. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you you still have the Stranger at the Pentagon short film on your website. I do, yes. Uh, people can watch it uh, at StrangerAtThePentagon.com, or if they have Amazon Prime, they can watch it on Amazon Prime, and um, uh, and then the if they want an autographed copy of the ET Almanac book or the autobiography of an extraterrestrial saga book. 
the four-part series. They can go to autobiography of an A-N-E-T dot com on the homepage or the uh, autobiography of an extraterrestrial book. You want to get all four, you can click one button for hardcover, one button for softcover, or you can order them individually. And then if you click on other books, that's where um, the E.T. Almanac is. I have another book out uh, that came out earlier this year uh, from a movie I did a long time ago called The Silence of the Hams. They re-released it on Blu-ray, so I did a companion book. So people love Mel Brooks, Tom DeLuise, Phyllis Stiller, all the stars I put in the movie. I did a book with all my personal stories and, and picture. It's a wonderful picture book. And then I also have uh, on that page also uh, the Universal Seal of Protection cards as well, little postcards. So, oh, yeah, I yeah, love those. The, uh, yeah, those are great. Those are great. People love those. So, uh, so that's what's there. And then uh, if anybody wants uh, uh, Dr. Frank stuff, uh, they can click on uh, order books and DVD at the Stranger at the Pentagon website there. All his books are there. Uh, the DVD, if you want to buy the actual DVD of Stranger at the Pentagon. And then there's four posters and uh, Valiant Thor t-shirts because everyone begged me for so long. So I got a comic book artist to do up a Valiant Thor um, uh, drawing and then had some t-shirts made up. So it was, they're, oh, they're cool. really cool. Yeah, <laughs> I have to say that the um, that the trailer that you did on on YouTube that you put up on YouTube for the ET Almanac, then yes. that is just top shelf, world class, professional um, uh, production. Very impressive. Yeah, yeah, you know, a buddy of mine who is a uh, post production supervisor. He's done, oh, man, over 60 studio films. He put that together for me. And wow. when I showed it to the publisher, they were like, oh, my God, we wish all our authors were like you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, well, I said, yeah, this is pretty, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I love that trailer. I thought it turned out great. Yeah, Really, it did. really good. That's, again, like I said, you know, you're 30 years uh, working in Hollywood and the big time movies <laughs> is serving you well because yeah. now you've got all these people that know and love you and 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 you can you know kind of um, use all that experience in helping raise the consciousness on the planet, telling the truth yes. to the people, which is something that's kind of a, yeah. a novelty <laughs> at this point. Um, but yeah, yeah. We're just we're so proud of you, and we're so glad that 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 we've met you. And and you know, how, I mean, how does it been like four or five years or more that you've been coming on oh, the show? More, more, well, more than that. Stranger, yeah, I, I, Stranger was is, is, let's see, seven, eight, going on nine years. Can you wow. believe that? Yeah, going no, I on can't. nine years. Because Stranger, <laughs> Stranger was 2013. And, wow. and then I believe it, we released it in maybe September, and I'm not sure we released it wide until 2014, but 
the Burbank Film Festival was in September of uh, 2013, I believe. So, or maybe four, yeah. or maybe fourteen. I'm not sure. I, I can't yeah. think that far back. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't. I don't think I want to because it's just like, oh my gosh, where does the time go? I know. I know. <laughs> where does the time go? I know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's definitely speeding up. But I mean, you've just been you've been writing and writing. I mean, what have you got? Like five yeah. books now? Um, I think there's six published books my seventh will be published next october um also from uh red wheel wiser publishers under their mufon books imprint um i can't really say too much about it i'm i'm finished writing it and the book is will start going into the internal uh production but it's going to be really spectacular and it's going to be a fun book, an informative book with lots of pictures. And, of course, it's on UFOs and extraterrestrials. So yeah. um, it's, it's going to be great. And then I'm actually uh, now writing a prequel to the autobiography of an extraterrestrial saga book. So we're we're going to go back to the very beginning and learn about Tehran's uh, childhood, and uh, we'll be in uh, like sort of three different timeline zones where you know his childhood, his teen years, his young adulthood, rising up, uh, going into uh, the uh, in, into the sub commandership. Um, going to the the school for duality in the universe where he first meets uh, Soltar and Pandasala, <clears throat> and um, and then this is also in the time where um, Lucifer was still uh, in the light and was the sovereign of this sector of the universe that we live in. Which was which is called the Satania um, constellation. So, uh, so it's uh, it's about that. But there were some other, um, you know, some other sovereigns and other things that had um, tried to overtake their their um, their constellations and that kind of stuff. So we're going to be exploring all different kinds of things. There's going to be a lot of new characters and uh, all of that. And uh, I'm just excited to, um, to do it because I, you know, for me, the book's already written. I just have to sit down and let it come out of my hands. So I, I get excited because I'm the first one that gets to read it because I'm just, uh, I'm just there their uh, instrument when it comes to this kind of stuff because uh, on previous shows I talked about you know the the two year preparation and all of that to get me ready to start to write these books and uh, all of that and uh, and then you know continually to grow and to 
uh, you know, had my first spiritual awakening at age 26, had my second one in 2014, and I'm like, I wonder, are, uh, I, I, is there going to be any more? Has anybody ever had more than one, more than two? I didn't know you could have more than one. So well, it, it just if it's it an upward spiral, there has to. I mean, yeah, there's there's always yeah. going to be next levels because that's the nature of an upward spiral. There, you don't ever get to the end. That's right. You just right. you just keep ascending. So well, this is this is yeah. great. I'm, I'm, we're so proud of you, Craig. And um, I you. want to also. Um, say that I, saw, I, I I was on Amazon and and I saw your books on Amazon and you've got um, you've got how, how many of them are on Audible? Um, well, all four of the uh, Tehran books, the Autobiography of an Extraterrestrial Saga, all of those are on Audible, um, and the ET Almanac is also on Audible. But I know a lot of people like Audible, but the book is a visual book because it has pictures of the actual yeah. ETs in every, for every race. So if people don't mind not seeing those pictures, um, then Audible is, is a way for them to go um, and that kind of thing. So... Um, and they did have, strangely enough, they did audio CDs uh, for the book, and they sold out of all of those. And I don't think they're making any more, so they're they're all gone. Um, it was pretty spectacular what they did with it. So, um, oh, that's cool. And yeah, well, I just yeah, I just yeah. saw that. I mean, you, I mean, um, the ET Almanac was just it was just like selling like hotcakes, and I was like, good for you. And I want to remind everybody yes. that if you do, if you do, if you do get one of Craig's books on Amazon, make sure you write a review, because that's what drives you know other people to yeah. say, well. All these people liked it, so um, you know, please do that. Please leave a review if you do um, get the book on Amazon. But if you want a signed copy, then you got to go to the autobiography of an ET dot com. Yes, yes, and you can yeah. still write an Amazon review. As long as you have an Amazon account. Oh, so, even if you don't buy it there, you can go. Yeah, you can go review yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah, you oh, can cool. still go and review it just as long as you have an Amazon account. So yes, it really cool. it yeah. really does help. And if and if you're a person that's not good at writing reviews, just give it a five. <laughs> Look at me, just, yeah. just yeah. twisting twisting their arm. And and say a few words or something like that, you know, um, because it does really help in that respect. Um, well, you know, it's all part uh, of of helping other people make the decision. It's like, oh, this book really helped yeah. me. So you write the review so that someone else is maybe on the fence when they see what you wrote. That's just enough to get them to, you know, take a chance on something they don't right. know anything about. So yeah, the That's reviews right. are really important, you know. And if you could take yes, pictures, you take pictures of of you know the the you know a page or something in the book 
that that's a real strong review because it, it it proves you had the book. <laughs> yes, it proves you definitely had the book and yeah. uh, that kind of thing. I I find though, interestingly enough, with the uh, uh, the autobiography of an extraterrestrial saga, lots of people get them on Kindle, and then they love them so much they uh, go to the website and they buy all the books in hardcover because they want me to uh, personalize and sign them so that they have them for their permanent library. I have sold more hardcovers um, than softcover. Uh, wow. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and, uh, but what they've said is over COVID that people have gone back to write, to reading physical books because they have time, they had time to read them. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, me, I like a physical book. I want, I want to hold it. I want to look at it. I want to, I, I, I want to look at the pictures. I want to, uh, if I need to go back and read, but if I'm reading off a Kindle or something like that, sometimes the screen gets to my eyes after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, there's but, something for everybody. However you want it cooked, that's right. <laughs> you can have it hardcover, right. softcover, a Kindle or, or audio. <laughs> you know, have it your way, that's but right. just have it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it has it has just been wonderful having you back and and I know you've got more stuff in the works, so you know, come back real soon and let us know how things are going and um you know, we can we can do another shout out for for the GoFundMe, if you still are lacking, so, uh, but I, I yes, think yes. it shouldn't take you too long, uh, because all the people that 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 um, that supported Stranger at the Pentagon would certainly support this. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, it's going to be very different, and unique, and really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's going to be uh, what is the word? More than groundbreaking, it's it's going to be uh, mind blowing because right. yeah. Know, here's the truth, people. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I exactly. and I know you're going to do it world class. So and yeah. that's and that's important, you yeah. know, that's important. Yes, absolutely. So, well, well, go ahead. I was just going to say I, I just wanted to give you a cyber hug. <laughs> <laughs> One that's big yeah, cyber that's hug a, back to you. That's a big cyber hug, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, and one of these. In... I say one of these days yeah. when you can come up for air, maybe you could take a weekend, a long weekend, and and come play with us in Arkansas. I know that would be so much fun. That would be so much fun. I would love that. Yeah. So well, we'll, keep it in mind we'll, you're always invited. Thank you. Thank you so much. Because thank you've you. got you've got the star markings. We know that. <laughs> we know that, that's for sure. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> no doubt there. Uh, okay, well sweetie, thank well, you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you so much. I love all of you so much. You guys are like the best. The best Aww. of the best of the best. <laughs> well, thank you. We're just proud to know you. So, yeah, will you take care until until we meet again? And um, everybody, 
support Craig, and you're supporting the Starseed movement. Yes, thank you, everyone, so much for your support. Well, until next time, sweetie, you take care. You too. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. And we will be back two weeks from tonight. So um, in the meantime, hold gratitude in your heart and give compassion every day. Good night, everyone. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.